I serve cold with the wolves in the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the streets. Any team make a move, and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. Episode 141 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirts and search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you refresh your wardrobe for the summer and uh, use that promo code to, uh, you know, get a little bit off. And, uh, you know, hey, while you're here, you might as well get one of our shirts. Hell yeah, get one of our shirts. All right. As always, I am Big Z. I'm here with my boy, E-Rock. What up, E? What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. You can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can find follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans and on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash True Chicago Sports Fans. Go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe for as low as 99 cents a month. Hey, do you like the show? I do. Are you a fan? Oh, yeah. Then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends. If you have someone in the ride while you're listening to the show and they're a sports fan, they're going to love it. So make sure that you play it around all of your sports fans, uh, you know, your friends who like to hear funny shit, uh, people who like to hear two knuckleheads argue back and forth about the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh, you know, those are all the people that are in our demographic. So make sure you share That's it with right. people who also enjoy those types of things, man. Z, what's up, brother? How you doing? Man, good, man. Feeling a lot better. End of the concussion protocol. So, or as people like to say at work, I'm on vacation. Uh, so I've had two weeks off in, in April. So uh, I, I'm actually feeling a lot better. No more headaches. Uh, waking up to uh, feeling 100% feels really good. So, but uh, I've been really just working on cleaning the apartment because I, you know, yeah, I can't stay still for very long. Uh, and I'm not supposed to be going out and doing stuff, so I, I just really just been working on it. As you can see in my background, I just got uh, two more debt lofts from uh, uh, IKEA and uh, put those two together. And let me just tell you that uh, that 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 sealant that uh, that holds both the glass and the back and, and the side is a motherfucker to put on and even out and and put the glass in there so it, so it just sticks in there and then put the top on. It, it, it took me like two hours just because I didn't want to break the seal. Didn't funny enough is breaking the seal is the thing that you usually do best. That's I know. You got that baby bladder, so it doesn't matter the situation whether we're drinking in the studio or at a stadium. <laughs> you're, you're always the first one to go. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, the funny enough is that the the one that I actually owned that was the one that came out of the uh, the basement, the uh, store that was over on uh, uh, Ash way back when. So I never actually had to put it together. I just had to make sure that I could transport it from that location out to my my house without breaking all the uh, glass in it. So mine is actually it was used as as the uh, display case for the the stuff that they were selling in the shop. I just got. 
I legit showed up and got that for free uh, when uh, when all the shit went down and that store closed. So I never had to uh, go through that experience, but I'm glad you did. So I know not to uh, do it myself. Oh, hell no. I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it. That's it's it's so tedious to put it in to make it has to be perfectly in. And then the glass on the side, the slots that it fits into, it has, it's very precise. So it's it took me two hours. I literally was watching the game and I was like, oh, wow, it's the fourth quarter. There's two minutes left and I'm finally done. Uh, so that was my Friday night. Um, so, yeah, I got them all done. Yeah, I'm still working on putting in organizing it like that, you know, uh, not suffocating the, the, the display so you can actually see what's in there. Uh, so I'm working on that. I got about 60 percent done. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I patched up the roof. Uh, you know, we had that big storm a couple weeks ago, and then uh, one of the tiers of the, of the roof came off. So I was up there uh, helping my mom patch it up. Well, she was helping me. Uh, so uh, we were out there patching up the roof. So uh, that that's that's always fun. I hate, I hate going up on the roof. It's just I, I would never. I, I do. I will not. I, I refuse to get past the third rung on the ladder. So I don't know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> on top of the roof. You know what I mean? That's not. It's not something that I do. Uh, the um, funny thing is, I have a beautiful view of the skyline from my from my uh, roof. I can see the entire sky from the Hancock all the way to the Sears Tower. It's it's a great view, but I do not recommend uh, hanging up on a roof with uh, no safety railing or anything like that. I mean, if you had like a flat surface up there, it's flat. It's I have a flat top. I mean, a flat roof. It's flat. Yeah. How it's much flat. of it is flat? All of it's flat. Okay. Well then, I, then, then I mean, like if you have access to it, that's one thing. I it, mean, it, like it's just. A, I, I, I thought you were talking about like an A-frame and shit, where you're like no, 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 no. or uh, or a Christmas vacation where you're trying not to slide down the shit. No, no, no. I mean, the, the problem is that the the hatch for the roof is right outside my back door. Uh, so when you come yeah. up to the back, so I have to put a ladder against the last stair, and, and it's leaning against that hatch, and then I have to go up there and pop the hatch open, which weighs about fifty pounds, flip it over, and then climb on up so it's kind of a hassle so that's why probably why i don't do it during the summer also it gets really really hot up there so no thank you yeah but i mean if if it's if it's a surface that you can actually stand on yeah you probably set up like some like a little pop tent or whatever like a set up some shade and just chill out there and drink and hang out but yeah the problem is, is that if you drink and hang out then you're drunk and uh, you're stuck up there so you better bring a sleeping bag <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see a couple other things I did this week I went to Monday Night Raw at the All-State Arena with my boy Jesse uh, it's kind of our you know biannual thing that we do we go to you know Smackdown or Raw uh, so he's actually able to attend he hasn't been able to attend in about a year and a half he keeps buying the tickets he's like oh you, you, you can go for me uh, so we went uh, it was pretty cool because Bad Bunny showed up yes the Bad Bunny showed up at the end of the show and beat the crap out of uh, one of the wrestlers and um, it was pretty cool because he's promoting him being uh, the host and now in the match in Puerto Rico this coming Saturday May 5th Cinco de Mayo look at that in Puerto Rico Bad Bunny Bad Bunny and then what, what, uh, go ahead what is, what is his finishing move uh, you know what I don't even remember the top of my head but I'm pretty sure it's like a a, a splash uh, splash uh, jumping off the top rope with a splash or something like that yes. like like a, like a frog splash but he's like no, but at the end but yeah, at the end I, when he lands on you starts humping you it's called El Conejo I mean that would be great that would be great <laughs> it, it, it's more of like a just just let me just jump out there and look really big and then fall on the big guy uh, but that would be funny started humping him and calling him the bunny yeah that's the frog splash that's that's the classic frog splash right yeah. there so that's what i said i mean you think about what they do i mean they're physically they're kind of similar you know a frog is not covered in fur but uh and a, and a frog doesn't hump you 
<laughs> so, rap is damn sure damn well. So yeah, man, I think I just figured it out. Make sure you tell him next time. Oh yeah, the next time I see Bad Bunny, I'll let him know. <laughs> uh, and lastly, we finish up our season. I think we end up in fourth uh, for our was it shit? I mean, it starts in August, and we just finished in late April. Our bowling league, uh, we ended up finishing fourth. Louis ended up finishing, and his team ended up uh, winning the championship. Uh, which is funny because he called it as soon as he signed up. He's like, "We're coming for you, coming for the champs." And you can't always repeat, especially in bowling, because you guys you're missing people on on off weeks. No excuses. They won, uh, and uh, we we took fourth place. We played next to each other, which is great. So we uh, took some victory shots and. Um, uh, we're able to, I, I was happy to see them win because there's a team that they play that they make all the you know the bowling chants and, and they're annoying like they think they're, they're good they think they're really good though they're like one two three who is that or whatever you know or they, they get three strikes or if they strike out the whole frame all four of them they make another chant and it was like you're so annoying and you've never won a championship yeah but I mean if they are good here's the thing I think we all know that championships you know, you can be the best team. That doesn't necessarily mean, necessarily mean you're going to be the champion at the end of the day because sure. weird things happen or, you know, even let's say you've been at your best and you're consistent and you're like, you know, whatever. you let, Let's say you're playing at, you know, 85% and that's like really, really good. Well, you know, you come into someone who happens to get 86% and then what are you supposed to do? So you could be 80, you know, you know what I mean? If that makes sense to all the listeners out there, all you need, here's the thing. I always tell my girls in softball, we only got to win by one, right? So all you need to do is, is win at the end of the day and squeak it out. So it happens. But, uh, but you know, congrats to Louie, his brother. I saw he put some uh, photos up there. His, his pops was out there yeah. too. So that's pretty cool. Um, I won't mention any other uh, members of that team, but uh, his, his, you know, his girlfriend. I, I really don't know her, so I don't, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't want to. Gotcha. But gotcha, yeah, gotcha. That's, that's where I'm ending at. Gotcha. Lastly, um, I just want to share my condolences to a friend of mine who is also uh, in that bowling league and, and part of my bowling team on, uh, over the summer. Uh, my boy Ron, uh, he passed away that uh, this past Tuesday, uh, the same day they were supposed to bowl. Um, he was a uh, Navy, retired Navy officer. And a uh, really good dude. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away of some complications of, of diabetes. And uh, I think he had a, a heart attack and a stroke at the same time. So, um, I, yeah, it's it's it was, a, it was a rough one. So I didn't find out till about two days later. That's why he, he didn't show. So I, I knew had knew that he known that he had suffered from some health issues, but he was never never outgoing with it. He was always like, you know, a happy, look, lucky guy and uh, really helpful with bowling and um just a real competitor. So I just want to share my condolences for um, the passing of Ron. Uh, that's a, that's a shame. I'm, uh, it, it's sad to hear. Uh, it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, we heard this week about a couple of uh, passing of some celebrities. So, yep. um, and, and, you know, even when you think about like people that pass, pass away, that which ones had an impact on you and which ones, you know, you, you feel sorry for their family or you, you know, actually feel it within yourself. And so, uh, when you actually have someone that you knew and you and you uh, you bowled with and you played with that you uh, you know unfortunately is no longer with us, it definitely hits you a little bit differently. Um, but so I'm uh, condolences for your loss, man. Thank you, brother. All right, bro. Let's switch it over to you. What you been doing all week, man? Well, if you can't guess, uh, we've been doing softball. <laughs> <laughs> softball, yeah, man. We kicked off the uh, the softball season 
um, on Tuesday, I believe it was uh, that first game um, we played against Bensonville. Um, that team, it, it was weird because when I looked at the standings from last season, they looked to be a pretty strong team. They went 14 and two in the 14U division, but uh, uh, I'm guessing that a lot of their girls went over either to play travel ball or maybe they're playing other sports as they prepare for high school because they were at that level right there. So um, yeah, their team was a lot of uh, new girls. So I was nervous going into my first game as an actual manager of a team, um, which is absolutely frustrating to be a manager. There's so much bullshit that I have to deal with, whether it comes down to schedules, whether it comes down to, um, you know, chalking the field and uh, setting everything up and, you know, trying to make a lineup. And it's just a lot of nonsense. I I love coaching, but this is this is a bunch of bullshit. I'll tell you what. But uh, yeah, so we we started off our season. Uh, We took the first game 18 nothing on a slaughter rule um, because that that team, we just maxed out every inning and uh, we did not allow any runs. We had some really, really good defensive plays and we held our own. Now, in game two, Mm We played against our old rivals, the Franklin Park Vipers, who is the organization that we came from. About half of my team and all of my coaches came from that organization. And we were up pretty big. Uh, we were up going into the final inning, uh, 19 to 10, until we decided to start booting the ball around. And next thing you know, it is uh, 19 to 20, and we have to come back at the end of the game. Ooh. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, one thing I will note is that uh, Jay Jalen, who was uh, injured in our practice a couple weeks ago, uh, she looks to be doing okay. No broken bones, no torn ligaments or anything like that. So she has physical therapy a couple times a week, and uh, hopefully she'll be back some point this season. Uh, she was able to come out to the game and kind of cheer the girls down. So it was really good to see her out and about uh, after all that stuff kind of went down. But uh, so here we are. Franklin Park Vipers up ahead big. And now we're what in the sixth inning? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're just running. And they're, you know, a, a easy throw to first gets overthrown just a slight bit. She can't catch it. You know, a fumble here. You know, it, it was just, we, we, there was at least six outs in that inning. So we finally get the last out. We have to go up to bat. And I turn around and the ump is lining up both teams. And we're looking at each other like, nah, we get last at bat. Right. And they're like, you guys won. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I'm looking at the score because on our app on Game Changer, mm-hmm. you can you can add and, and, and add the scores live, right? Right. So every time someone scores a run, I try to add it in there and update it. So anyone looking at the app can see the live score. Well, Steve is our other coach and uh, I've known him forever. He is the one that actually does the book. So he's sitting there. He's like, oh, shit, we're down one. They think they're down one the whole time, right? So when we got our third out, they think they're down one. We line up and we're telling them, hey, you guys are up because they think because the because Blue was like, all right, line it up. And we're like, no, 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 no. We get, we get last at bats. And then it turns out that uh, they had their scoring wrong in their book. We could have easily taken that win. But that's not how we do things. So we went over there, corrected their book, and got the bases uh, loaded up there. And then my daughter went up there, and essentially she hit a home run, but she was stopped at third because Coach Steve stopped her because he didn't want her crashing the plate. And I'm like, bro, you should have let her go. That would have been a walk-off home run, even if that run doesn't count. Yeah. But she, her very first walk-off, we ended up winning 21 to 20 in a hard-fought uh, back-and-forth battle. Now, the funny thing is, is that 
this this blue that we had out there he's a twin i did not know there was a set of twins but number two he actually will wear a little uh gopro on his on his hat to record the game so we're like hey are you gonna play this game he goes well it wasn't a very good game and i'm like you man so i'm guessing like when they have you know like uh uh you know, because we're we're a house league, so sometimes you get walks. You get, you know, you'll have a run of three walks, and you have three outs in a row. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of like uh, uh, outs where uh, double plays, outs, bases loaded, stuff like that. So, but we were able to, to get it out in the end. And then, unfortunately, uh, Saturday morning we started our game um, uh, not far from where I live here in a park that I'd never played in before, and I had no information for the other manager to say, "Hey, is there a game on? This is their home field." Is a game on this and that and i get there it's a guy i've been coaching against for years and i'm like bro why is your stuff not on the thing so we are going back and forth we try to get the game in first inning we go up there of course we're home, we're away so we get uh you know we max out the six runs okay six per inning you're allowed don't we don't allow any runs in the bottom second inning and and every time we go up to bat it's raining when they come up it's <laughs> but i mean it's slick like the ball is dirty we gotta like dry the balls off every you know between every pitch it's just a, it's just a mess but there's no lightning so they keep going and by the time we get to uh the bottom i think it was like halfway through the fir- the second inning he's like hey man i already got a girl that like is getting sick out there and i'm like do they not practice hard I, I, whatever whatever so <laughs> So it, it turns out that uh, I told him, I says, bro, what do you want to do? I says, it's too early in the game to call it. We can't call it. We need like at least four innings, four and a half innings, whatever, to have an official game. So um, and then one of the other coaches is like, well, we got to reschedule. I says, reschedule or continuation because we've already played two full innings. I said, so they looked in the rules and it says we're going to do a continuation because I'm like, I, I, I'm up 10-1, right? I'm not trying to go back and and number one play two innings all over again and number two give up nine runs right mm-hmm. that's not it's not what I'm here to do so we play them again in a couple of weeks at their field so what we'll do is we'll play our regularly scheduled game for that day and then continue the rest of our our game at the end of that the interesting thing is that I got a lot of girls who are going to be going to Washington D.C. for the school trip yeah. I got a bunch they're getting ready for their eighth grade graduation at two different schools I got a lot of holes to fill so hopefully we'll be able to kind of get stay on schedule at least decently so we don't run too late into the season because i got a trip planned like three or four days after the the season's supposed to end and if we get pushed back a week then it's gonna it's gonna suck big time and you'll be pulling out your hair well (laughs) at at, at this point the only way to pull out my hair is shave my face because there's nothing else growing anywhere whoa (laughs) manscaping that too, that too. We need to get a sponsorship for that. Uh, but, uh, last but not least, uh, T-ball season started. So um, the, the very first game that my little one played was at the same time as we had a game. So I didn't get to see that one, but we did see her play. Uh, you know, she got one at bat this morning before the rain came down. And of course, that our 10 a.m. game got rained out. But the 11, a, 11 a.m. game was able to go on the schedule because the rain passed at that point. So, yeah. I mean, it's T-ball, so there's not, they're not counting the scores. There's no standings or anything like that. But I mean... You know, it's uh, it, it is nice for her to get out there and get a little bit of experience and understand what's going on out there. So, it, it, it was it was just kind of cool to see though. But the funny enough, the my my older daughter, we we're like, hey, let's go to the game. She's like, can I just lay down? <laughs> it was like the first time she ever stayed uh, stayed home alone, just like crashed out. And I'm like, you know how many softball games your your sister has been to since she was a baby, and you won't come to her first game where you don't have to play? Like, come on, man, you can <laughs> lay down over there, right? I, I mean, it was to be fair, it was shitty and rainy, and 
we were only out there for about you know 10 minutes before we jumped off the field do we get home she's like oh it looks like you're gonna be the right choice guys and so, so, yeah. <laughs> she has your sense of humor <laughs> she does she does so but yeah so you know t-ball softball that, that's what it is if anyone who listens to this show knows that's essentially what my next uh six to seven to five ten twenty years is going to be like anyway so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah so if, if you don't hear e-rock's voice you know where he's at you know more than likely i will tell you probably uh Looking at the schedule, I probably won't be here next week if I'm if I'm looking at it right, and it's going to be a choppy next uh, couple months. So I will be on as much as I possibly can, but you might not hear my voice every week, and uh, that's probably a big relief to some of you out there. <laughs> oh boy, no, we'll, we'll try to fill those big shoes. Uh, maybe we'll get Sean because he's got that size forty-five shoe and shit. He got the same size. He's a he's a size twelve like me. He's a twelve. I thought he was like a fourteen or something. No, uh, he's a twelve, which was shocking because he's a good like he's a good couple inches shorter than me and i outweigh him by it's like a five eight yeah he's a good five yeah. eight yeah, but. yeah. Oh, oh or fucking uh one of the uh what is it <laughs> style show bob characters out there yeah <laughs> all right what else what do we got for, uh, for this week Gee? we got a lot of good stuff mainly we're gonna focus on the uh, recap of this nfl draft the 2023 draft class of the bears with uh, i believe 10 picks quite a few picks um, there was a lot of upset people about who they took first in the first mm-hmm. round, but uh, we're definitely going to recap that. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit of our expectations going into the next season. We have all of that plus stirring the pot and looking at. But first, this is the big three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I am Big Z and you're not. Now for today's story. All right, let's get started with story number one. And I'm going to turn on the music for this one because we've got to listen to this. Uh, ESPN reporter has been fired for this comment. I know, try to pay attention to the sound because I know I got music in the background, but listen to this. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Excuse All right. Excuse me. Did you record that? back that up let's back that let's give this some context espn has fired national baseball reporter marley rivera after an incident at yankee stadium when according to the post she was alleged to have called another reporter watch your mouth cabron after they both attempted to interview Aaron judge at the same time so tmz posted this thank you for tmz for the video so I'll give you a quick shout out so i don't get sued uh the highlights uh rivera does in fact call yvonne uh gady who was freelancing for Tokyo Broadcast 
Watch your mouth, cabron. She did so after Gaty attempted to interview Judge. Rivera claimed that she had already scheduled an interview with the slugger at the time. Rivera made an offensive comment in front of Judge and a bunch of fans who had paid to meet him at the tail end of his batting practice. So there's a bunch of kids looking for autographs, uh, getting their jersey signs, baseballs, all that stuff. Rivera claimed, I wasn't talking to you. You heard that. That's bullshit. She literally called her a f- and turned around and looked at the camera. Uh, Rivera also expressed uh, surprise that uh, Gate spoke English after initially speaking to her in Spanish at the start of the altercation. Uh, Judge mate, uh, kept kept his poise through the entire thing. You, you see him like kind of give a side eye and then focus back on the kids like, I'm staying the hell out of this. Uh, Rivera continued to confront Gady uh, based on the footage. Uh, Gady was shown to have ignored Rivera after initially taking uh, a barrage of, of calling her a cunt and asking for her, for, if her, for, uh, for her photographer if the comments were taped. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Mm. So Spicy. Here's, here's the thing. Number one, see you next Tuesday. Number two, Rivera did have the time scheduled, right? right? And so you can understand the frustration there in a competitive field, especially for female anchors, female reporters. Uh, you know, uh, a, <laughs> she had the time scheduled. But it, the, the weird thing was, was that, like, number one, she started speaking to her in Spanish. And if you look at her, she's and she's like working for what, a Chinese or a Japanese network. The, the other reporter, Gady, she doesn't I mean, I, I don't want to stereotype here, but she doesn't look like she's Asian you know, no. or Japanese or Chinese or anything like she. No, so she's not Asian I, I can understand a little bit why Rivera was talking to her in Spanish. Uh, but the the fact I, I I think the very ironic thing here is that you can't tell me that at some point in, in her life, Rivera didn't have one of those moments where someone said to her, oh, you speak English. And then she went and busted out on someone else. Right. And then she once she decided that she's like, oh, you do speak English. Well, check this out. Uh, how about some French? Because pardon my French, you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like these two reporters have had it into before because if uh, listening to her in Spanish, she's like, oh, excuse me. Uh, you know, I'm trying to tell you I have this this interview scheduled, but I'm trying to tell you because you always get mad uh, once people tell you shit. That's literally what the beginning of the, of the conversation. So it looks like they've had it in and out prior to this so it looks like this this has been going on for a while so i can see why her frustration is there but you can't do that you can't call somebody a cunt especially if you're a public figure and uh there's a bunch of cameras around and there's a bunch of kids and you're on a major network and uh you are on in yankee stadium like obviously it's gonna get filmed you 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 gotta teach them kids at some point though right who's a fucking cunt <laughs> It's like it's like when you first move or uh, first move to any country or first start learning a language. What's the first thing you learn? Fuck. It's all the bad words. Of it's course. all the bad words. Which eventually, sometimes depending on who you are, could be good words. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, shit. Uh, you know, if you if there is a very famous uh, uh, clip and it's the many uses of the word fuck, right? And if you don't, if you get a chance, go and Google that. Go put it, look it up on YouTube, and it talks about it being a verb, a noun, um, an adverb, all all of it. I even have a, a book in my house that's in the bathroom called the uh, 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 English as a Second Fucking Language, and it's basically understanding and 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 uh, um, explaining the origin of all the different curse words that we have in the English language. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, kids got to learn sometime. Very, very true. All right, story number two. A man in Florida 
steals a hearse from a funeral Uh-oh. home and then crashes it. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Gainesville, Florida, a man who reportedly stole a hearse and crashed into Gainesville in Gainesville Sunday afternoon has been arrested. A 50-year-old, 54-year-old suspect was not immediately identified by the police, is facing a charge of GTA and criminal mischief after <laughs> officers said he stole a Cadillac hearse from the Chestnut Funeral Home. Uh, this is this happened at 1.30 in, uh, in the afternoon. Uh there's other vehicles involved in the crash. No one's really seriously hurt. But, I mean, who steals a hearse? I mean, the thing is, is that you, you take such a little risk with hurting anyone when your passengers are already dead, I guess. Oh, man. The fact that he got charged with GTA. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm just going to steal this hearse and just drive down the street and crash into it. Yeah, literally what the game do, you do in the game. Well, that, that's literally what it is. And it's almost like, uh, like all right, like where's the where's my hideout like where do i have to go and like press the button to like forward fast forward six hours so i can come out scot-free yeah exactly. try to figure it out yeah fucking florida fucking florida <laughs> hi jerry i just have a comment for the mother and the daughter the apple don't fall too far from the tree and for you son when you kiss time you kiss the hood go ahead all right time for story number three and if you haven't figured that out <laughs> We're paying homage to our one of the great Jerry Springer, who just passed away this week at the age of 79. He was a t- daytime television pioneer, a uh, longtime personality, Jerry Springer, who helped pioneer the high energy, often profane genre of confrontational daytime television. Died this past Thursday after a bout with cancer. Uh, Springer, the former mayor of Cincinnati, died in suburban Chicago. His publicist, Linda Schaffen, uh, said that he died from pancreatic cancer. Um, and uh, so she uh, gave a little statement saying, Jerry's ability to connect with people was the heart of his success and everything he tried, whether it was politics, broadcasting, or just joking with people on the street who wanted a photo or a word. He is irreplaceable and his loss hurts immensely, but the memories of his intellect, heart, and humor will live on. The Jerry Springer show ran from 1991 to 2018 and was known for profanity-prone guests who often had to be restrained by set security guards and was wildly cheered. Yeah, I mean, look, you had Steve Wilkos who made an entire career just being off of Jerry Springer's security guard, right? He had his own show, everything like that. So, I mean, number one, you think about the longevity of the Jerry Springer show. You said from 91 to, what, 2018? I mean, that's incredible on its own. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like anyone who's anyone, especially in our generation, knows exactly who Jerry Springer is. I mean, we, you know, there was always, I'm sure at some point, we're like, I'm going to take you on the Jerry Springer show or just making a joke about it or whatever. And it was like back in the day of uh, your mama jokes and be like, oh, your mom was on Jerry Springer. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it was one of those things. uh, I did get to attend the taping uh, years and years and years ago. And I'm pretty sure I still have the envelope that it came in because I just thought it was cool. Um, That and I think the uh, acceptance letter to Lane Tech, I have that envelope as well for some reason. (laughs) So I have those two random ass things. 
but yeah i mean that was really cool um to go to and it's a shame you know i mean again you're talking about a guy who was 79 years old pancreatic cancer so um it, it's not like it was a young man that that passed away but definitely an icon in chicago uh an icon in all of media if we weren't being honest i mean he used to be a, a he was a tv reporter i think a uh, like a broadcaster or a um an anchor a desk anchor uh before becoming the mayor of cincinnati and then going on to create this show which uh again you know it, it, if for if you're of our generation it was uh it was a milestone and it was just it was almost like the very 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 beginning of like this trashy reality tv it definitely was and i remember like uh leaving school especially like my senior year early just to get home to be able to see like catch the last 20 minutes of jerry springer because that's like when the audience would get into like you just heard the audience would get into with the panel and the, and you know if you don't if, if you come to chicago as a panelist and are, are expecting not to get roasted by chicago people you got something else coming because chicagoans got a sharp tongue and they're quick-witted and you're gonna hear exactly what we gotta say you have any self-respect at all uh, i do this is great you was the side chick you sharp baby still in your ponytail hit the ground you're still sharp you knew you're a side chick don't wear the ponytail the next time and baby girl with the blonde hair did you get your piece that flew over there <laughs> They would straight up roast you from the audience. And the funny thing is that I completely forgot about it. When I'm searching YouTube clips for just the Jerry chant, uh, I completely forgot that towards the end of the run that they had the uh, uh, the, the roast where, where the audience would roast the uh, the panel members and they had everyone out there. But the, the funniest thing about this show wasn't just all the cheating because Maury Povich was a baby mama guy, right? That, that wasn't really what this was about. This was about cheating. This was about like, oh, by the way, you know, you didn't know she was a man. And oh, yeah. to see the reaction, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, it was either was it Jerry Springer or was it like Ricky Lake, where like a dude found out a dude had a crush on him and like killed the guy? Like oh, it was some weird. I think yeah, that, was, that, I think that yeah, was Ricky that. Lake. But you had you read Ricky Lake, you had uh, uh, Jenny Jones, you had Jerry Springer, you had Sally Jesse Raphael, you had Phil Donahue, you had Geraldo. I mean, you had so many of those type of shows at the time. So, but when you look at all of them side by side, Jerry Springer bar none was number one. Uh, even with Maury and all the baby mamas, he was number one because he would just again, I, I, it's just that like real life drama. You wanna you wanna tune in to see what happened to see like these crazy ass people throwing chairs and all. All this stuff and see Steve Wilco's gonna get hit upside the head. Like it was, it was, it was like, it was like, uh, it was like almost as much trash talk as WWE. Funny you said those two names because I, I think Kurt Angle was a security guard for about a week for Jerry Springer on the show, uh, and then Steve Wilco's, who, like you said, he owes everything to uh, to to Jerry because you know he literally just said he's the most influential man in my life other than my father. Everything I have today, I owe to Jerry. He was the smartest, most generous, kindest person I've ever known. My wife and I are devastated. We'll miss him terribly. He was also just on uh, Jersey Shore. I told you, I've been watching that show, trying to catch up. And he was just on this show like a couple months ago uh, where uh, uh, they, they, uh, the Meatballs, uh, Snooky, and the other girl, <laughs> yeah, they had him on their, their little talk show that they tried to do. And, you know, he was just like, whatever, I'm just getting paid. I don't care. Uh, but, uh, talking about Jay Wow? No, the other one, Dina. Dina. Oh, the, the, oh that one. The, yeah, the meatballs. The, the, those are the two meatballs. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's a. I'm not. I, I, you know, my wife would watch that show back in the day. I'm not super familiar, except for uh, what's your name, Snooky. Um, matter of fact, her cousin would dress, dressed up as Snooky for uh, Halloween, like he, like ten years ago. So they were they were heavy into that shit. Like the cabs are here, like all that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Like the cabs are here. They, they were heavy into that. Well, rest in peace, Jerry Springer. You influence a whole generation of uh, smart ass Chicagoans. <laughs> And you know what? The commercials were also great during the, there's a time because you know I've got something for you. The Eagle commercial, the oh five eight eight two three hundred. Uh, what else? The uh, auto breaker. The 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 guy who turns off the door off the the oh, auto yeah, parts. Victory Auto Records. Victory Auto Records. Yeah, like all those commercials are just you know Chicago staples, and they were part of watching the Jerry Springer show because they were you know televised on Channel Nine. It was WGN, and, and let's. Again, it, while we're in it, let's not underestimate that e- those Eagle Man commercials, even with the one in Bankow. Oh, I've got something for you. And then he lays an egg, and everyone's like, I thought it was Eagle Man. Like, is he out here? For, is he for real out here laying eggs? Like, what the fuck? And then they had, they had the other one, look, it's Eagle Woman. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was just, those are just great. I wish they could bring the, those back just, uh, just for nostalgia purposes. But I guess that's why they, we got YouTube. That's exactly why we have YouTube. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Hey guys, it's Steven. And this is Sean, and you are listening to True Chicago Sports Fans. Don't forget to listen to No War on the Weekend. New episodes on Monday. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so we're going to go do a couple of shots. So let's kick it back over to Big Z and E-Rock. No Water on the Weekend. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. This is three and out draft edition. With the 10th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee. So the second tackle. So the Bears were sitting at number nine, and they decided, you know, even though uh, this guy that everyone's talking about, Jalen Carter, is sitting right there at the number nine overall pick, I think we knew that Ryan Poles had it in his heart of hearts knowing that he did not want that guy. And I talked extensively. I talked about him uh, last week with JC that I didn't want him on this team. I feel like he is too immature. He's too selfish. He's too much of a knucklehead to bring in into a room full of young guys. So 
Bears traded back with Philly. Philly came up to number nine. Uh, I think it was a, like a fourth round pick for next season. So a lot of people were upset about the uh, compensation for that trade. Uh, but Philly came up to number nine and took Jalen Carter. And the Bears came in at number 10 and picked up Darnell Wright, the tackle out of Tennessee. Um, Z, when you first heard about this pick, what was your initial uh, reaction? Well, I think it's a good pick. I it's a good talent. He's going to be a staple on the offensive line. Uh, I looked at, I watched a lot of that video that JC sent me over, and it looks like it's a good, smart piece to have in there. Here's the issue with that: because we we went we drafted at ten, and Carter went before him, and then we have Peter Skornowski, who's who we also talked about as an offensive tackle, going after him. He's sandwiched in between two potential guys that are going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to be, you know staples and someone else's team and you don't know what their trajectory is going to be obviously we've talked about Jalen carter extensively especially with the off the field issues and now he's saying oh i'm going to work yeah philadelphia i'm going to do everything possible to, to work for you work for you guys okay if he turns into a generational talent do you still kick yourself in the ass it, you, you might have darnell right be a 10-year player on the offensive line for the bears what if Peter Skronowski makes 10 Pro Bowls? It's it's a so, big I mean, what if. It, 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 here's the thing. It's not really fair to write uh, based on where he was drafted. Um, I know a lot of people are saying he's going to be compared to uh, Jalen Carter and how his career pans out. But the thing is, is that, you know, when you're, when like I said, when you're having a gut feeling about a guy, when you talk, I'm sure they talked to Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter showed up his pro day overweight. Jalen Carter was in a car accident that killed a scout, uh, like a, a student uh, scout or a student staff member along with a teammate and then was arrested or pulled over not too long after that again for reckless driving i mean right there if that doesn't show you a lack of maturity a lack of intelligence and a lack of you know uh you know empathy for people around you i mean that is not something that you want and again realistically it's not something that you want around a young football team one of the youngest if not the youngest team in football in uh, in 2022 so i mean that is number one number two we talked about peter skaronsky or uh, you know quite a bit um but look at looking at the comparables i mean you look at what they they have them for darnell right uh the nfl.com prospects uh their their draft perspectives of what it is um this is this guy's six five three hundred and thirty three pounds uh nine inch hands and a 33 and three quarter arm length uh, they have him as a uh, production score of 78 and according to their combine or according to the combine rank he was uh fourth uh, his athleticism score is 86 which gives him a number two um uh, combine ranking at a total score of 84 third in the combine wow. ranking um you know real big guy right six five three thirty three he's a mauler he's a mountain of a man and i think that's what you're doing now is number one you're removing the pressure away from a guy like Skaronsky, who is from Chicago area. You know, I think if I'm not mistaken, he is a Packers fan. So that's number one. Get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. Like I said, I mean, you're talking about a local guy. And we talked about it a little bit with JC, you know, uh, last week, because you look at some of the local guys that are already on the team with the tight ends that we have on this team. And you take away some of that pressure because you don't have to worry about playing for your hometown team. You don't have to worry about, oh, can I get tickets for auntie and uncle and everyone else that lives in, uh, you know, wherever the hell he's from in, in the suburbs. But you get a big guy who will fit your need. And, you know, it, it, it they've been trying to build up 
this line. And I mean, I, I think it's really important the fact that you got this big bastard who's going to be able to, to, to block some guys. He did not allow a sack in the SEC all of last season, right? You talk about some of the guys that came out of the SEC. Will Anderson, who went, I think, what, third or fourth overall, uh, was one of the top defensive ends, says that Darnell Wright was the hardest guy that I had to play against all season. And that's an Alabama defensive lineman going against this big boy from, from Tennessee. So right there, that's an encouraging thing. Again, he, he the Bears were not expected to be a great team next season, right? Eagles are. The Eagles just came off a of Super Bowl. Right. So now you put a lot of pressure on this guy. And, and you know, look, I, I'm not mad at this pick at all. I'm really happy that they filled the need. I'm really happy that uh, Ryan Poles was smart enough to find an offensive lineman. And like I said, a mountain of a man who he can plug and play and will be a starter on day one. Yeah, I'm not mad at the pick. I'm just saying, you know, we're always going to wonder where someone we're looking at I'm looking at, not looking where he got drafted I'm looking at the two players that he sandwiched in between because those are players that we could have had so those are comparables but I think it's a solid pick I think it's a solid pick that they're going to have somebody on the offensive line for years to come who doesn't allow sacks that's going to protect Justin Fields and he said if someone hit, hits his quarterback after the, after the whistle I'm going to see you guys in the parking lot which is exactly what you want. I mean, yes. that's exactly, you know, what, you, number one, you want to know that these guys are dogs. These guys are going to sit there and protect uh, Justin Fields no matter what. And when you look at up and down, the the, the guys that they brought in this season, uh, and not only in the draft, but in free agency, they brought over Nate Davis, who we talked to JC a little bit uh, last year um, with Tennessee. He's another dog. He's a big guy, 6'3", 316. Um, you know, we already had Tevin Jenkins. You got Cody White here. Um, so you look up and down, and now they got uh, um, uh, Darnell Wright. When you look up and down to who is actually on this this offensive line, it's a bunch of big bruisers. Now, we've drafted offensive linemen in the first round before, like Gabe Karimi, and that didn't really work out. The Bear Jew out of uh, Wisconsin, you know. But a lot of people were saying maybe they should get B. John Robinson. Maybe they should get this guy. Maybe should they get they, they should get that guy. Look. I think that what you're doing is you're shoring up your your offensive line. You still got Braxton Jones, who showed a lot of potential last year as a rookie. So what they've done, in my opinion, is done their best to protect Justin Fields. So not only can he, you know, be able to chuck the ball down the field and, you know, on, on some of these burners when we look at the rest of the uh, the draft, um, but and look at what they have on, on the uh, uh, roster already before the draft. But, you know, we know that. Hopefully he'll have time to let the short game open up. Let get the game over to your guys that are cutting under. You know, give Cole Komet some more uh, reps, uh, some reps, catches, some yep. catches. Yep. Incorporate Robert Tunyon because you're going to be running some two tight end sets. So yep. I think this was a really good pick by the Bears, and I think it was a smart move uh, by a guy who understands that you cannot build a championship roster in one offseason. No, actually, let's hear from Ryan Poles. now put enough in place for Justin that you've given him enough help to where the personnel around him will not be uh, one of the detrimental factors that he has to overcome. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, you know, you want to support your quarterback. We all know that's where it starts. Um, so you want to surround him with talent. Um, we had to wait a little bit to do it the way I wanted to do it and the way we wanted to do it. Um, and I think we, we found some good opportunities to, to do that, um, solidify and improve the old line, uh, make sure that we have the running game to stay balanced, 
and then give them different types of receivers and different threats to create separation from the tight ends to receivers. Um, so, you know, more big plays can be made and you can grow your confidence and get in a rhythm. So now, you know, that's the other thing we need to talk about too is just building that chemistry with all of these new players coming together. So we're looking forward to this offseason and putting that time in and, you know, building that chemistry so everyone can rely on each other. Your confidence yeah. pieces are there though. You want to see Justin take the leap. This won't, this won't be part of the equation. He'll have the pieces he needs to make that leap now. Yeah, it's got to come together, but I feel on paper right now, I feel like we've done a good job to surround him with good talent. All right, that was courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. All right, E, give me your reaction to that. Look, I, I don't disagree with him whatsoever. I think, you know, again, you're bringing in names that were known if you're a scout or if you're deeply invested in NFL or SEC football. But I mean, to, to the average fan, I'm, you know, you can't tell me that the average Chicago Bears fan meathead had any idea who Darnell Wright was, you know? So, I mean, like, they're looking for that big name. They're looking for the kid from Northwestern. They're looking for, you know, this, this knucklehead out of Alabama. Look, or Georgia, I'm sorry. Uh, I am very happy. Like I said, I'm very happy with the pick. I think they did they did the smart move. This is a very Chicago Bears meat and potatoes type of pick, type of draft. When you go all the way down, and again, like I said, Will Anderson, the number three overall pick in the draft, talked about um, uh, Darnell Wright being the hardest guy that he had to go against. So they he's they Brian Poles. He actually, I believe, on ESPN, one of the things they talked about was they kind of gave he kind of gave them a nod about who they were going he was going to target in the draft because he says they they asked him something similar to the effect of uh, you know as an offensive lineman, which Ryan Poles was with the Chicago Bears for those who do not know, um, as an offensive lineman, you know, would that something that you focus on and kind of give him the wink and the nod, be like, you know, hey, uh, you know, I'm always going to be looking out for offensive linemen, so. The, the the number one thing they have to worry about now is probably going to be depth, but you got to worry about hey, are these guys going to be able to step to the plate, gel as a unit, and uh, protect the guy? I, I I really do not want to hear any more chants about Justin Fields being a running back after the season because I feel like they did put the people in place to be able to protect him so that he cannot just you know take off when he needs to, but go ahead and, and like I said, get the ball in those tight windows uh, and get it over to the uh, the playmakers and let them do their job. Yeah, nothing but agreement right now. The funny thing is that, you know, we talked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. We said this is what we need to do, and this is what they actually did. So uh, what the grading uh, polls draft, so RAS, which is called uh, it's the acronym for Relative Athletic Score, so it's based out of 10. Every single one of these draft picks is 8 and above. So you're looking at Darnell Wright, Tennessee. Uh, I believe that's a 9.68. I mean, the man, I'm, you're looking at somebody who's going to be a starter right away. Uh, our second pick, Javon Dexter, defensive tackle, has a rating of 9.53. Let's talk about him. So, uh, yeah, number 53 overall pick, Jervon Dexter, a defensive tackle out of Florida. Uh, I, I have some grades here, too, that I pulled from the NBCSports.com uh, page. I gave him a B-minus for this 
pick. Uh, Dex is a big guy and feels a need for Matt Eberflus defense. He's 6'6", 310, and can use his size to overwhelm offensive linemen. The size plays well in the pass rush. However, scouts believe his true strength lies in defending the run. And when you look at what the, uh, especially what the Detroit Lions did in this draft, that is going to be very important because I'll tell you what, I know that uh, Minnesota is always going to have those big, splashy offensive plays, but if you can get to Kirk Cousins, he will shit his pants. Yep. Uh, and, and we have no idea what's going to go on with Green Bay right now with Aaron Rodgers finally getting traded over to the Jets. Uh, Jordan Love is going to be have a lot of jitters, I think, so we can attack him. They did give him, uh, um, I think, another wide receiver, but... You know the big the big guy that are the the team that I'm looking forward to the most aside from the Bears this season is the Detroit Lions. They made some interesting moves. Um, they they signed uh, David Montgomery, but one thing that they one thing that they did do is they moved uh, DeAndre Swift, who they who they drafted a couple years ago. I believe Philly picked him up, which which is interesting because Philly is like completely flush with running backs right now. Yeah. They picked up and I forget who it was uh, during the offseason as well. But the 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 Lions definitely loaded up on uh on offense i believe they also got uh hendon hooker the uh the, the uh quarterback from tennessee who who busted his knee or his leg uh, uh you know late sometime in the season so they're looking for someone that's going to eventually uh replace uh, jared goff but look i think what you're looking at now is Ryan Poles filling needs, right? Because we did have a porous defense, especially when we look towards the end of the game. We were sitting there where we, we would be up by 20 or right on par with a lot of these teams. We lost a lot of games in the final seconds and the final minutes of last year. And if we if one or two, two things go our way, quote unquote, go our way, then we're looking at a much different record. But when we really think about it in the long, in the, in the long and the short of it, you know, things did still go away because they were able to they know they're not going to make playoffs last year and you know you don't want to be stuck in football hell and purgatory where you're just sitting there drafting in the middle of the draft they managed to snag the number one overall pick because lovey smith hooked this up yep. and they were able to trade back at dj moore and still be able to get an offensive lineman a really strong guy with that number 10 spot after moving back so right now we're looking at them filling needs i mean the Bears gave up 31 rushing touchdowns, which was the worst in NFL uh, last year, and 2,000, ladies and gentlemen, 2,674 rushing yards, which is the second worst in the league. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of people are saying that uh, 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 Dexter can be slow off the snap, which allows blockers to engage him first and neutralize his first move. But, uh, you know, again, him being a run stopper, him be, that being his big focus, again, uh, you know, they're going to need him to rush the passer, but they also have Travis Gibson. They got a lot of other guys that they're going to be trying to get up in the uh, the face and the grill of some of these young guys in the NFC North. So if they can stop the run, like I said, especially against Detroit, because you know Montgomery's going to be trying to run it straight down the Bears' throat, this was a good pick at number 53. Uh, yeah, it was a great pick. I think uh, you're right on par with what's going on with the Detroit. Detroit's a very up-and-coming up, up team, and they've shown that they have glimpses of, of, of really showing out and I think this is the year that they break out no one's scared of Minnesota put them at the bottom no one's scared you know, of the Minnesota, Minnesota has playmakers so Minnesota is always going to compete to actually win the division um, right now I mean right now until you prove yourself the Bears are still at the bottom of the division right because Minnesota won if I'm not mistaken you had Green Bay going for so many years Detroit's big claim to fame last year was keeping Green Bay out of the playoffs that was their that's what's in their trophy cases right. in one game at season last year but right now the bears are still at the bottom until they can prove themselves minnesota has a great offense but their defense is lacking and again 
the, the Lions right now are an up and coming team. You got Dan Campbell up there. Like it, it, you and I would run through a wall for him, you know, uh -huh. bad hits and all. Right. So that guy, you know, I mean, and he's a big bastard. Right. So he's sitting out there. And when you see a big guy get emotional, he's like, oh, shit, I'll follow you into the pits of de uh, the depths of hell. Let's go. So his players will play out for him. But again, Dave Montgomery staying in within the division, that's going to be a tough opponent. So you do need someone who's going to be able to stop the run. Yeah, that's been our problem, especially last year. We had no one to stop the run. So people, every team would just run the ball against us. And, you know, they would get 300, 400 yards on us. Not, not 400, but you know what I mean. It, it felt like 400. It felt like 400. All right, let's move on to the next pick with Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, a cornerback, also taken in the second round. Uh, he has a rating of eight. Point nine three, another high rating guy. Uh, all I have on him is that uh, he's a, a stud, B plus player, six feet, one hundred ninety eight pounds. Um, they say he's stout. Uh, he plays physically well, especially in the press man scenarios. He's a big hitter um, and did deny the opposing receivers the ball, according to PFF. Stevenson gave up four, gave up forty seven point two percent completion rate in coverage between 21 and 22, which is the fifth best across that span. He had three interceptions over those two seasons, too. But scouts also say that he struggles in zone schemes, which is what the Bears play most of the time. So adding a player to compete for a second outside corner spot was very important. And if he wins, he'll allow Kyler Gordon to focus completely on the slot corner, which is a big bonus. Yeah, they, they, uh, the Bears, uh, when they picked up uh, Dexter number 53, they knew they were coming right around the corner with number 56, and they visited the state of Florida again, picking up Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, uh, 6'10", 198, and uh, like you said, they're, they're calling him a stout guy. Um, he's a physical guy, so we, we looked at some of the picks that the Bears had over the last couple of seasons. Kyler Gordon was definitely one of the guys that they're hoping a, a lot of production out of, so allowing him to be able to focus on that slot corner is going to be a big bonus for them because you know that you know you don't have to focus on so many things. When you look at up and down, what they have in the secondary right now, we knew that the line was going to be important to focus on. We knew that the secondary, the secondary was going to need to be shored up. They still have Eddie Jackson back there. They have some good players back there but again you're just making sure that you can solidify what you have and definitely you know after going offense you know maybe not a, a sexy pick that that people may have wanted but going after offense and pick number one uh to start off the uh, the second round they definitely uh did good by not only shoring up uh, part of their defensive line but also the secondary yeah definitely i mean so far it's a solid draft we got three picks in uh with our next pick is uh zach Pickens out of South Carolina, another defensive tackle with a rating of 9.23. Yeah, Zach Pickens, uh, you know, staying over there in the SEC. Uh, the NBC Sports gave him a B-plus for this pick at number 64. They said it's not surprising that the Bears took two defensive tackles within 11 picks because generating pocket pressure from the interior is so important for their defense. Similar to Dexter, Pickens is big, strong, and athletic. And similar to Dexter, Pickens didn't have any uh, eye-popping numbers in college. He racked up seven and a half sacks, uh, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and no forced fumbles dating back to the 2020 season. But think but does things to stop the run that don't always show up in a box score. And he has the athleticism to be a, a serious 
disruptor if the Bears make some tweaks to his technique and how he's deployed. So once again, this is showing you that Ryan Poles is focusing on stopping the run because they got completely gashed last year. And hey, look, you know when they say if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Well, this shit was broke and it looks like he's trying to fix it. (laughs) It was completely broke. They got three defense, uh, one offensive tackle, two defensive tackles so far, cornerbacks. You're looking at defense. Uh, after addressing Justin Fields' biggest need, which is an offensive tackle. Our next pick, which is a surprise pick for me, I thought it was a surprise pick, was Rashawn Johnson from Texas, a running back, who looks like a stud to me, and a steal at four. Yeah, moving over into round four at pick 155, Roshan Johnson. And a lot of people were looking for the Bears to grab B. John Robinson, who, uh, you know, the Bears did not take. Um, because, look, why would you take a, a running back that early? That was one of the things that yep. J.C. was special talent. But the guy who also played in, in Texas but did not have all the miles that uh, that his counterpart did was Roshan Johnson. Um, they on uh, NBC Sports, they give him a grade A. Uh, the Bears seem disappointed that they weren't able to bring back David Montgomery free agency. So they picked up a player who can bring a similar skill set to the run game. Johnson doesn't necessarily have top end speed, but he's elusive and strong, which makes him hard to bring down. His stats don't pop off the page, but that's largely because he was a running back behind B. John Robinson, a player who many believe is the running best running back prospect since Saquon. But the deeper analytics show an impressive rusher. According to Pro Football Focus, Johnson's 45% forced missed tackle rate over the last two years leads all running backs in the country with at least 190 attempts. He should be the perfect complement to Khalil Herbert's one cut and go style too. So again, you're looking at a guy who will complement who they already have in the room. Uh, Like we said, you know, uh, considering the fact that more than likely Herbert will be the number one. This is a, this is a great move. You know, you're looking at a, Texas is always going to be a very strong run team. Yeah. Last time we saw the Bears uh, take a Texas running back was Cedric Benson, and we know how that turned out. Yeah. Yes, they made it to the uh, Super Bowl, but they also had Thomas Jones, and uh, they really, I, I think, you know, Seth Benson didn't. There was something wrong with that guy, right? There was no, yeah. he was never quite like. It doesn't seem like he was. He was always, you know, bought into the program, bought in the system, and uh, you know, eventually after he kind of bounced around and he was spit out of the NFL, you know, he did have that accident on the on the boat and he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, looking at what you're trying to do with your current team, they're trying to match the roles and match the 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 have okay we know what your weakness is here okay this guy has that strength you know what his weakness is here's your strength so on and so forth so you're trying to make everyone compatible and just like he said in his interview you know you're trying to make sure that you have the the players available to focus on the things that you want to and you can have all these different schemes and things like that yeah i looking at it he kind of reminds me of a young montgomery he's not the fastest he's not the he's not the strongest but he's gonna be elusive he knows where to be he can catch out of the backfield I mean, that gives you a one-two punch with, with the running back that we have right now. So I think it's just, you know, a younger version of what we used to have. Now, is he going to give you Montgomery production? No, he's, he's going to be a rookie. And Herbert is going to be the number one back. So I think Herbert is, is going to have some pretty big numbers this year because he's going to be the safety valve for Justin Fields. All right. Uh, do you want to take a break here or you want to keep going? 
real quick, and don't, don't forget, you still have Deontay Foreman, who they brought in, and you also have Travis Homer. So, I mean, it'll be an interesting backfield to see how they kind of incorporate these guys. Are they going to go running back by committee? Are they, you know, it's the same thing they did while doubling up with their tight end situation. Um, so it, it'll be really interesting to see how they go um, uh, into the next uh, the next era of Chicago Bears football. Uh, before we take a break, let's stay in round four real quick and look at pick number 133 in the 2023 NFL draft. And that speedster wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. Uh, this is not a real big guy. They gave him an a, uh, a grade, but he is an absolute burner. He's a guy that can take the top of defense as a deep threat. And scouts praise his agility and ability to feint on double moves to get open. Between the 20, uh, 2021 and 2022 seasons in Cincinnati, Scott caught 84 passes for 1,419 yards and 14 touchdowns. Even more impressive is that Scott was available, uh, able to accomplish that while learning the position. He was a, a running back in high school, and he just started to learn wide receiver in 2020, which is his first year in college. Based on his traits and his ability to grow as he continues to develop as a wide receiver, his upside is through the roof. So to me, when I hear that, it makes me think that if this is a guy that started playing the running or the wide receiver position in like junior high, you know, in, in Peewee, I mean, he would have been, you know, a massive threat right now. Yeah, but again, under the radar guy, you're able to kind of like get a burner. And look, you need someone like that, especially when you're trying to bolster a, a, uh, a wide receiver room that's been weak over the last few years. Yeah. I mean, essentially what the Bears tried to do with Taylor, uh, was it Taylor Gabriel, whatever his face is for another burner that just stretches the field for everybody else that's what exactly what he's going to be doing for his first couple of years till he learns the offense let's hear from ryan cavanaugh the uh, bears coach love his speed um great kid tough kid um he can really take the top off and uh justin's gonna like throwing to him deep uh, he does that well and uh, i think he's surprised us with route running and quickness and just everything about him He's a tough kid. Um, he's tough at the catch point. He's really good with the deep ball, uh, getting open deep as well as fighting for the ball deep. So um, good at tracking it, uh, good hands downfield, and just an awesome kid. Looks like, uh, you know, another sleeper in the draft, and the Bears fans should be happy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back to uh, finish out our draft analysis with uh, pick 148, 165, 218, and 258 after a word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 
Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. This is 3 and Out Draft Edition. All right, E, what are we talking about now? What what, what pick are we on now? Because they had so many picks and my head was spinning. I think it was like our sixth pick now. Yeah, I think we believe we're on the sixth pick. Sixth pick in round five uh, with pick 148 in the 2023 NFL draft. The Chicago Bears select Noah Sewell, uh, linebacker out of Oregon. He is a uh, uh, he's a legacy player. He I believe he has like a brother that plays in uh, in like Seattle and another one that plays in Detroit and another one that plays in Africa. Another oh. one plays in FFL and one that plays in AFL. And yeah, he is an absolute legacy um look I, I i think that uh when you think about the 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 degree in which we hold uh, the regard of the chicago bears linebackers over the years i think a lot of people were really upset about the fact that they traded roquan they moved on from him but again you know like we just kind of talked off the air about jose abreu who takes two to tangle so right. uh two to tango so he had to agree he didn't have a, an agent we saw what he was able to uh get short up when he went over to the ravens who you know uh, uh, coincidentally signed <laughs> signed Lamar Jackson to the, the biggest contract in NFL history as, as far as guarantees are concerned. Uh, but moving back to the Bears, looking at their linebacker position, we were excited when we saw Jack Sanborg. We were excited when we brought in Edmonds and Edwards. Um, but bringing in a young guy, Noah Sewell, is 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 a great move for the Bears. Uh, he continued the trend of players with impressive traits coming to Chicago. He's got 464 speed and hits with authority. His best season was 2021 when he led the Ducks with 114 tackles and added uh, eight and a half tackles for loss. His production took a step back last year, however, and he finished the year with just 56 tackles and five and a half tackles for loss. One could say his best trait is his ability to affect the quarterback in the pass rush, which we desperately need. His highlight tapes are filled with effective blitzes, and he finished his college career with seven and a half sacks in 33 games. The knock on Sewell from scouts is that he can be a little shaky in pass coverage. This grade also gets a ding because the Bears have already invested heavily in the position with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, who could have used extra help and, and they could have used extra help somewhere else on the roster. But again, this is a depth move. You're yes. talking about a couple of guys who have been in the league for a few years. Um, you know, if you want to move on from one of these guys and it just doesn't shake out, why wouldn't I mean, again we're talking about the pedigree of linebackers in the chicago bears why wouldn't you ha- want to have as many as possible um i know we've moved back from the three four who we ran for a long time um back to the, the four three but again why wouldn't you want to make sure that you have as many fresh bodies as possible to go ahead and, and do it and like i said what we're seeing ryan poles do is match guys who have certain strengths with other guys who have certain strengths, right? So you're able to, okay, this guy is weaker in the pass rush. This guy is weaker in, in the run stopping game. Mix and match, right? You can go ahead and, and you're just filling the holes. This is the same way that I play fantasy baseball and fantasy football, right? If I have if I have a guy and I know that I'm weak at third, I'm going to get extra third baseman so I can kind of switch him out, you know what I mean, and do that thing. Look, uh, clearly I am on a, uh, a professional GM level when it comes to <laughs> professional sports. So, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't just listen to me and follow my strategy that I've been doing for, you know, 20 years worth of fantasy. Uh, yeah, this is also a death move before I start talking about your fantasy, uh, 
fantasy there. Uh, again, you don't know. These guys have been both uh, six and, and five years respectively in the league, and now you pick a more a more depth at the linebacker position. If one of these guys go, you know, gets hurt, you have a guy that can put right in. That's what he's doing. He's addressing a little bit of everything. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket and address all the offensive needs and not address the defensive needs. You've got to address a little bit of everything. It's okay. It's like at the buffet. You, you have a little bit of everything. Just keep going down the line. You might like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little taste of this. Guess what? At the end, it's going to be all good because the Chicago Bears are building depth, like you said, and it's going to be it's going to be a good roster. I mean, I'm not saying we're winning the Super Bowl, but they're they're putting good picks together. Um you said he's a legacy player. We love that. Yeah, he's he, he's a legacy player, so he's the youngest of four brothers, Noah, who jo- who joins uh Panay, who is a Lions offensive tackle and Nephi uh or Nephi, a, sign, a Saints linebacker in the NFL while Gabriel plays for the Philadelphia Stars of the USF L. Uh, they also have two uncles, Isaac Sapagoa and Richard Brown, who both had long NFL careers. So again, all you're doing is loading up on a legacy. I mean, this is almost like the Usos in the uh, WWE. Look at you. And all the, yeah, man. Look at I, you. I know a little bit. I know a li- very little. Roman Reigns, you know. To be fair, they all look like they were just like like someone. You know, if you if you... If you take the seed of a tree and plant it, it looks like someone did that to the rock, and then that's how you got everyone else going from Roman Reigns to everyone else in that family anyway. Let's be fair. Yeah, all the young ones, yeah, they all look the same. Yeah. But it's okay. I mean, the Usos are that's twins. That's own family line. They all look like they just like like, all right, man. It's just like it's like uh uh when you when you go to the Oreo factory and every Oreo looks the same. Like, how'd they do that? Well, they just kept flopping them out, flopping them out. This is this year's edition. <laughs> Wait, you mean Yokozuna's is not actually Japanese? About Spoiler alert! <laughs> All right, talk about busy. Right. All right. Let's move on to the next pick. Uh, cornerback Terrell Smith. Yeah, cornerback. Uh, uh, so still staying in round five, one sixty-five. Terrell Smith, cornerback out of Minnesota. Once again, focusing on the secondary. You you see a trend here. There's not many offensive players that the Bears are taking. You got two D line men, and now you got two uh, secondary players. Uh, once again, from NBC Sports, uh, mm-hmm. stop me if you've heard this before. Smith is big, long, strong, and speedy. Typically, when one sees traits like that, one thinks of a prototypical press man corner. But Bears scouts believe Smith has the smarts and instincts to succeed in an off-ball coverage, which the balls like the Bears like to deploy in their secondary. Smith was a five-year player in college and started for the Golden Gophers as a freshman in 2018, but he was relegated to a backup role in 19 and 20 before regaining a starting spot in 21. He retained the starting role in 22, and the Bears appreciate Smith's ability to battle through that adversity and believe he's still an ascending player. From a production standpoint, uh, standpoint Smith's 22 season was his best. He notched 38 tackles, including four and a half tackles for loss and two sacks. In the ball skills department, he also had two interceptions uh, and a forced fumble. So overall, I mean, this is a really good pick. Again, you're shoring up your secondary. You're shoring up your linebackers. You're shoring up your defensive line. We saw that, you know, we could say that Justin Fields had no weapons last year. We look at Trace, Chase Claypool. We look at DJ Moore. 
Claypool, people gave him a lot of shit last year, but now he's got a full season under his belt with the Chicago Bears organization. DJ Moore coming in is going to be a really good addition and obviously your number one. You still got Darnell Mooney. You got the new kid they just brought in the, in the draft. Um, so look, overall, I think what you're seeing in when, when we talked about them filling needs, whether it was from the draft or whether it was from free agency, they absolutely hit on every single pick. Yeah, every one of these picks, like I said, they're rated eight and above. And most of these are, uh, a lot of them are either nines or very close to nines. Uh, looking at, uh, we just mentioned Terrell Smith, he's rated 8.67. So again, you're, you're you're picking guys at the top of the rating. Um, moving, let's, let's finish off the draft before we start talking about possibilities of what's going to happen next for the Bears. Uh, Travis Bell of uh is it kennesaw state a defensive tackles in the seventh round pick 218 rating 8.26 yeah uh, travis bell kennesaw state you are correct um look i'm gonna we neither one of us is gonna tell you that we know anything about this guy because we don't even know where that that school is but i'll I'll tell you this again next to northeastern what's that next to my college northeastern there you go (laughs) we don't even have a college team it's one of those guys look uh yeah um, he is a athletic 310 pound guy who will compete for that one technique D tackle spot uh, on the defense of Allen Williams. He's the first draft pick in the history of Kennesaw State, which is located in in Georgia, and he uh. plays in the Eastern Conference. Um, here is what they had to say about Bell. He is uh, he's D line 62, penetrating pass rusher. He has some agility ability as well. Big time athlete. He's raw and he needs to learn how to read run game, uh, run game and offenses, but he does have a lot of potential. And then the NFL.com scouts uh, reads like this. The report reads like this. Bell is an interior defender with decent lateral quickness and power at the point of attack. He lacks the overall mass and anchor to eat up blocks inside, though. He has enough foot quickness and hand usage to work his way around blockers, but might find his success rate plummet against NFL caliber competition. He has the traits to get uh, a look as one gapping, even front nose tackle, but might need to spike for a spot as an undrafted free agent. So a lot of guys, uh, you know, didn't necessarily have him as an actual draft prospect. But again, you're talking about, you know, very late in the draft. And I'm not mad at all at them taking a flyer on guys, especially when you're looking at a team that's looking for raw talent. Uh, you know, 218th pick in the draft. Hey, at this point, you're kind of drawing straws and seeing this is obviously a guy that they scouted, that they saw something in. And if they can, uh, you know, lean on their their coaches and their their scouts to figure out where's the best possible place to put this guy. You you know, again, seven round pick raw talent. Who knows what's going to happen with, with this? But, you know, you, we can clearly see that they're definitely focusing on that defensive line and trying to get that short up. Yeah, the defensive tackle in the seventh round is pretty much you're looking for a, a, a piece of clay to mold into your system. He may not be good at this, good at that, but you may see, oh, he has good footwork or he has good hands. I can work with this. So some some of the scouts and some of the coaches were saying, I can work with this kid and I can I can mold him into what we need as a depth guy as well. You know, he's not going to start right away. He's going to be on third string if he makes the team. But again, like you said, he, he was not even supposed to be drafted. He was supposed to be a uh, unsigned uh, free agent. The fact that the Bears, like you said, took a flyer on him means they might have saw something that they liked. So you're looking at somebody who might get uh, a second a chance, a second look at, hey, 
you know what, your, your footwork is good here, or you're good against against the pass, or you're good against the run. Now let's work on the other stuff that you're not good at, and we're going to put you with some of the good guys and learn some of those good habits and good techniques that you can absorb uh, through training cap and OTAs. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, that's, again, that's what it is when you look at uh, late-round draft picks in the seventh round. Uh, to finish out the uh, 2023 NFL draft for the Chicago Bears, it won a uh, pick. 258 uh they picked up kendall williamson uh safety out of stanford um once again no one knows who this guy is you know these are not big names uh but he started his collegiate career in stanford in 2018 at corner but in the last few years he was linking up at safety in total he played 44 games while racking up 213 tackles 11 for loss a second half one interception 13 passes defended two forced fumbles and a partridge in a pear tree he he did Beautiful. a little bit of everything. He was also, and, and I, I will say I appreciate this kind of thing. He was also Pac-12 all academic honor roll the last four years. So this is a guy that's smart. He's a quick learner. He will run. He'll he will he's uh one of these hard study study guys. And you know, again, you find the right spot for him. Uh, you can definitely put his uh, talent to good use. Uh, they have his strength listed as tough run defending safety, who is best playing downhill. Instinctive, stays with coverage assignments and hits hard. Goes after opponents, wraps up tackling, and brings opponents down in the open field. Gives effort and sells out to make plays. Now, this is something we don't necessarily see out of guys like Eddie Jackson. So, <laughs> look, uh, look out for the guy that's breathing down your neck. His weaknesses are listed, uh, essentially say he does not display an ex uh, explosive burst to the ball and shows average closing speed despite his 40 time. He's late getting to the spot in coverage. Overall, Williamson possesses the numbers desired at the safety position, yet on film, he's very straight line-ish and one-dimensional. He possesses an upside, needs proper coaching, and must start making plays in coverage. Now, when you look overall at what they have in the secondary, they have really focused on all of these positions. Um, looking uh, overall, we know we had Jalen Johnson, Jalen Jones already back there, Jaquan Brisker, um, Eddie Jackson, Kyler Gordon, but again, bringing in and, and Kendall Vildor, who's Vildor, kind of been up yeah. and down a little bit, but again, bringing in uh, Tyreek Stevenson, uh, bringing in this kid here, I mean, uh, Kendall Williamson. They saw Elijah Hicks, who I couldn't even tell you that is, Josh Blackwell, who we saw a little bit on the field. So Jay it looks Jones. like they're really doing a good job of trying to. Um, you know shore up some of the depth issues that they had last year because again you're talking about guys that you never heard of in your life so uh you know uh johnson had injury eddie jackson had injury jalen jones had injury so we we are trying we're seeing them trying to make sure that they have the depth so that they don't just completely fall off a cliff if a guy gets injured yeah essentially this this whole entire draft has been about addressing some immediate needs and then adding depth for the rest of the team and there's a lot of issues with the run defense and then the corners, right? So they addressed all that. They also addressed a little bit on the, on the linebackers, adding depth there. I'm not mad about anything that they did so far because at the end of the day, we still have to see everybody come as a cohesive unit and produce, right? Just like the White Sox. They look great on paper, but they're shitting the bed, right? They're shitting the toilet paper all the way through the whole entire roll. So until the Bears go through, you know, team meetings otas mini camp all that stuff training cap it doesn't mean anything we it's just you know numbers on paper it doesn't mean anything right now so like you said at the wide receiver position we have a lot of wide receivers 
Dicebo, yeah. Webster, Equinium, yeah. St. Brown, Tyler Scott, Joe Reed, Dante Pettis, DJ Moore, Darnie Moody, Vanis Jones Jr., uh, Darice Fountain, Chase Claypool. That's a lot of wide receivers. It, it, look, it, it, again, shoring up uh, a weak position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we knew that DJ Moore, number one, is coming is becoming going to be their number one overall uh, wide receiver, their, their number one spot. But again, Darnell Mooney, who had to leave last year uh, halfway through the season with uh, like an ankle injury, I believe. Uh, Chase Claypool, I think, is really going to be able to come into his own this season. Um, we Again, a, a Notre Dame fan. I watched him for years. He is definitely a guy that can be capable as, you know, a two or three, which he's going to be a three uh, as, long, as long as uh, Mooney comes back healthy. But he doesn't have that pressure on him anymore um Valus jones again a guy that's going to end up being hopefully his big problem last year is as a returner was that he could not hold on to the ball but he definitely has you know he has the speed and he has side he's a little bit older guy you know we talk about he's i think he's like a year or two older than justin fields even at 25 um but again they brought back dante Pet- dante pettis on a small deal and they brought back eq st brown because of his blocking ability again uh tyler scott the speedster that they just brought in so they definitely have a, a bunch of guys that they feel like can can stretch the field can get those undercuts because that's what Claypool is going to need to do. Uh, you got uh, more and you got Mooney on the outside. So, you know, it'll really it'll really be interesting to see how this uh, uh, offensive attack is going to come together. Um, looking up and down again, looking at what they have on the in the in the in the run game. Herbert Foreman, uh, they brought in Travis Homer from Seattle. They just brought over Johnson in the in the draft. And, uh, you know, look, I, I think they did a really good job of fulfilling holes. I want to say they also have, I think, maybe like thirty-five million left in uh, in yeah. cap space. Yep. So there's a couple of guys that are out there. Um, I, I, I think Ngakwe is still out there. Um, some people were talking about bringing Floyd back. So there are definitely, you know, again, when you're looking at depth guys that they're going to have to worry about on on the line because you just brought in what six or, or four offensive tackles. You brought in a, a linebacker. You brought in like three secondary guys. So you know, they it's not a bad idea to have a guy like Ngakwe that you can plug in and and have an automatic starter, but also someone that the the young guys can uh, can use as a mentor. And, and have someone to kind of build off of and look at, you know, how to become a professional in the NFL. Again, very young team. You know, you got Tra- Travis Gibson, who's only been in the league, what, two, three years. You know, a, a lot of these guys that are on their line are not older guys. Your second, your second, uh, um, uh, your backups right now, Pickens, Dexter, the guys that they just picked up in this draft, right? Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how the defense comes together. A lot of young guys, we still got to see what's going on with Jack Sanborn, how he's going to be coming back from his injury. Um, Jalen Johnson, like I said before, with that injury. So I think they did a pretty good job of trying to shore up some of the positions of need that they had. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, come training camp. What do you uh, rate the draft overall? Um, it, it, I would give them overall. I, I, I'm going to give them an A. I'm not going to go at minus. I'm not going to go at plus. I'm not going to drop it down to a B because they're checking around picks. Who who knows what the hell they're going to get? But I think overall that the way that they position themselves in this draft, I think they shored up some of the areas of need before going into the draft. Um, I think it was really interesting to see the fact that Ryan Poles uh, pulled off the trade uh, to drop back to number nine and give Carolina the number one pick so early in the process that we didn't have to worry about it on, on draft day and that they could really truly focus on okay who do we think is going to be available at pick number nine who, who and knowing that it's just one spot at number nine 
uh, that doesn't mean every other round you're still picking number one overall or, or right, you know, right there, you know, number the, the second round they had all the, the Roquan stuff and other trades with Philly and all that stuff. But I mean, you look at where they're drafting it every other round, it's high in every other round. So it, it was really interesting to see them really try to plug holes. I think Darnell Wright is, is a great pick to start off the draft for the Bears because, again, a guy that's not necessarily known as, as, as closely as the big names that went around him right before and right after him. So I, I, I'll give them an A. I think they definitely filled uh, uh, areas of need. And I think right now, despite the fact that, you know, all these knucklehead Bears fans were sitting there like, well, what about this guy? What about that? You don't know shit. You're not a you're not a, a, a scout. scout. You're a guy that like is, a you know, whose favorite team is Iowa. How come the Bears didn't draft all Iowa players? <laughs> now, to be fair. Philly literally drafted the entire uh, offense from Alabama and the entire defense from Georgia. So uh, that is going to be a hell of a team to watch, whether you're a fan of them or not. I think uh, uh, Cowboys fans are quite upset uh, after this draft. Uh, Michael Parsons came out on Twitter. It was just like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) But I will will go ahead and I'm going to give the Bears an A. Again, it's going to take, what, two to three years to see if any of these guys pan out at all. But I think looking at the tangibles, looking at the intangibles that that these players had, bring them in. Um, I, I'm really happy that they didn't go after that big splashy name and bring in the, the knucklehead that killed his friend and then still drove like an asshole. Um, I will forever, you know, not be mad about that. Again, he might turn out to be, you know, a 10-year all-pro, a 10-year, you know, pro bowler, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't care. I don't think that he was the right player for this team at this time you know what i i can't say anything different besides it's an a it's an a draft this this gm has proven that he is willing to take risk but also take the safe pick that's going to be someone who's going to be on the team for the next five to ten years moving the number one pick to the number nine pick picking up a number one wide receiver for it and a, the number 61 pick then trading the nine pick to a 10 pick picking up another pick in a fourth round and we still have a 2024 first round pick and a 2025 second round pick from carolina look at the the, the amount of haul we got for that number one pick it's it's gonna impact us for years to come he literally set us up for 24 25 and 26 to be you know, picking up players and, and, and providing that depth that we're going to need when these guys price out or we don't need them anymore or they retire or whatever. Again, it, it is a wheel that keeps moving. As you bring in someone in that's young, someone old is moving out. Some players you can't resign because their, their money is way too high. They overvalue themselves or the team says, hey, you know what? I can get somebody cheaper that does the same amount of production. It is a big wheel that continues to move. And Ryan Pace understands that. So... Holes. Oh, polls. Sorry, yeah, Ryan. They have the same damn in, uh, initials. Uh, Ryan Polls understands that. So, uh, right now, it's an A for me, just because look at what he's done at so far. And then you look at it, the quarterback position by picking up PJ Walker, yes. a, a similar yeah. quarterback to Justin Fields. So, when he get, when Justin Fields may have to come out for some what whatever reason, and I hope he never comes out of a game. You have PJ Walker there who plays just like him so the offense doesn't have to change you don't skip a beat so i'm i'm super excited for the the 
the, the sunrise of the Chicago Bears as they're coming up, their young team. I still think they're behind the Detroit uh, Lions as far as in, in talent and being able to win games. I think they're right behind them. But I, I think this is the Lions' uh, division to lose. Look, until the Lions start winning some games and they, and they win the division, I don't think it's their division to lose right now. I think I think right now you're the, the best team as far as your offensive talent is still going to be uh, Minnesota just because over we look up, up and down. They did add another uh, really good wide receiver on their team. I think a kid out of USC, I believe. Um, but look, uh, you know, uh, Detroit is definitely an up and coming team. I think they are really... Again, we, we, we never know what to expect out of Green Bay right now, especially knowing not knowing what's going on uh, with Jordan Love. We saw a little bit of flashes out of him, but we really don't know what he's going to be like as a full-time starting NFL. I think we know what to expect out of Jared Goff. Um, and, and the thing is, is that with the Bears, we again, we, we know what, what Cousins is, right? Yeah. But out of the Bears, we really have not seen the full potential of Justin Fields because he has not had the protection that he needs on a consistent basis. There was times where people screenshot something where, you know, there the there was an open field in front of him. There was open receivers, so on and so forth. You're talking about one play out of 100 plays that happen in every game. I mean, it's you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to see it every time. And, you know, you catch something out of the corner of your eye, especially if you've been running for your life the entire season. You know, you're going to run for your life again. Um, the Bears did pick up some undrafted free agents. I have a quick list that I can give you. Sure. Uh, you're not going to any of these names, uh, but I'll go ahead and give them to you anyway. Uh, Andre Sismet, the, the kicker out of Syracuse, uh, Aaron Kirkshank, the wide receiver out of Rutgers, Bobby Haskins, offensive tackle out of USC, uh, Dijon Warren, a defensive back, Jackson State, who is supposed to be a, a pretty strong player um, from uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Deion Sanders squad from Jackson State. Uh, Dominic Qu Quaywan, uh linebacker out of Southern Miss. Gabe Hui, Offensive lineman out of Pitt, Jalen Harris, uh, edge rusher out of Arizona, Justin Broyles, cornerback, Oklahoma, Macon Clark, safety out of Tulane, Micah Baskerville, uh, linebacker from LSU, which has always got good running or a good uh, linebackers, uh, Robert Burns, running back out of Connecticut, Tyson Bag Bagent, Bagent, uh, quarterback out of Shepard. Now, I will give you a whole five dollars right now if you can tell me. Without Googling, where is Shepherd? Where is Shepherd? Right. Next to the sheep. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we got the shun touches. We call it a gut box. It's, it's a box. What is this? Where, you know, if I feel real, there's something different about All this right. guy, the makeup, the approach to the game in terms of. I came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, Shepherd. Uh, where, where was I? Shepherd. Uh, yeah, Shepard of University, maybe I don't know, and Deshaun Kitchings, a wide receiver out of Newberry, another school that no one Mayberry. Knows. Yeah, Shepard. Let's let's look up Shepard University. Shepard University is a public university in Shepardstown, Washington. So good for you, guy from that place. Uh, congrats on making the Chicago Bears undrafted free agent list. Yeah. Who knows if any of those guys are going to pan out? Who knows if we're ever here any of those names ever again, uh, except for you know game game number one or two in the uh, uh, preseason? But yep. I think uh, I think overall we're in agreement. The Bears did a good job in this draft. They still have a little bit of uh, money to spend to see if they can maybe shore up some other positions and uh, bring in some more vets that are just still floating out there, uh, waiting to get signed. But uh, I, I got to say, right now I am I'm not 
jumping for joy by any means, but I'm definitely very optimistic to see what this team will be able to do, and not just this year, but in the next couple of years going forward, because the Bears do have quite a few draft picks next year as well. It's looking all sunshines and rainbow right now for the Chicago Bears. Nothing else to say, man. It's looking really good. I know you're 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 giddy on the inside. You're just not letting it out. No, I, look, anyone who listens to this show know that I don't get too high. I don't get too low when it comes to sports. Because you don't get too high? What, okay, listen. listen. <laughs> okay. At least not on the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I try to look at it as an, from an outsider's perspective. During game day, when I'm watching the actual game, I'm all in, right? Like, my heart is on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. But when I'm trying to, like, pay attention and understand the moves and understand what's ha- actually happening, I try to look at it from an outside perspective because it's no use to anyone to just be a meathead. You know, well, this guy's the best. He's not. Like, no one's the best. Like, there's no such thing. Unless you're talking about uh, uh, Otani, that's the only best, right? Jordan, that's the only best, right? So aside from that, we're just optimistic that our guys are going to be, you know, just just good enough to get what you need to get done. If we can make it to the playoffs, that's step one. If we can make it to, you know, hey, NFC Championship, step two. You know, you got to take it step by step. You are not going to turn. And and it's possible. Look, especially with Rodgers leaving the division, it is entirely possible to turn from worst to first. But you still have to put in the work. You still have to develop a team. And anyone out there that is not a complete and total meathead with a bunch of ground beef sticking out of their ears, you understand that you can't build a championship roster in one offseason. It is just not a possible thing, right? Unless you're unless you're the the Tampa Bay Bucks and you bring over Brady, who brings over all the rest of the uh, the, the, the kids the from the land misfit toys. You know that's just how that goes. They're just following him around. So the Bears did a great job in this draft. I, I think you know we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking uh, about this ad nauseum until uh, preseason starts, but. Uh, you know, until then, I'm sure we'll have plenty of talk about with the Cubs and the White Sox. Yeah, well, the Cubs, at least for right now. Just I have one more question before we get out of this segment. One yeah. more question. Do you bring Robbie Gold in for a tryout or do you sign him? Why not? You know, why? why look, you give the man a little bit of respect. I mean, the, the, uh, the, I want to say San Francisco, they drafted a punter or they drafted a kicker. And if I'm not mistaken, the Patriots drafted a punter and a kicker. So, hey, hey, good, good news for those special teams, guys. But yeah, I mean, why not give Robbie Gold a a shot? You know, let him let him in the building, at least, you know, give him a shot. See what he's got. You know, you got Santos who had a little bit of struggles back and forth last year. So, you know, a little competition never hurt anyone. I'm down, especially because uh, he married uh, my mentor, my teacher, my mentor's uh, daughter. So uh, keep it in the family. Wait, 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 wait. wait. How, how I never heard this before? Uh, yeah. So my last year of uh, PE or uh, my degree, I, I, you have to do like observations and go to put in hours and whatever. So my uh, supervising teacher was named uh, Richard Cozy. And uh, his... Uh, <laughs> His daughter uh, married Robbie Gold. This this happened during my last year, so this is what twenty eleven when this happened. So I, you know, I called him on his on his BS, and uh, sure enough, he pulled up pictures of the wedding and everything. So I was like, oh, well, wow. I feel stupid. Uh, say hi to Robbie for me. Uh, so and then uh, Robbie ends up going to San Francisco, which kind of sucked. Yeah, I mean, he he was done. By the time he left here, a lot of people were up. Oh, why did you not bring back Robbie Gold? Well, because he was missing kicks and they were paying him a shit ton of money. Yeah. 
He yeah. was making like nine million a year to miss kicks in his last season here, and he resurrected his career. He went over to uh, the Giants for what a season, then he went over and and uh, and played for for the Niners and had a bunch of productive years. So yep. I'm hell, it, you know, he might retire or he might try to see if he can find another job. But I mean, hey, he'll find another job. He's a good kicker. Yeah, Look yeah. at his percentage. I, I wouldn't. I, I definitely wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't kick him out of the the kicking room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Stirring the Pot after a word from our sponsor. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. <laughs> Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 
uh, 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 what is it? Modelo Negra. That would have been my third beer. But we had to go. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I had a podcast to record. Um, so that was, <laughs> so that was, uh, what was well, my morning and uh, whatever, my brunch. So uh, I, I'm not a big, huge fan of Mitzaladas. But, you know, when in Rome, you try one and uh, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'm not a Bloody Mary guy, but I'm a Michelada guy. So the question to you, sir, are you a Michelada guy? So no, here's the question for you. So Bloody Mary is typically with vodka. Is there any other booze aside from the beer in the Michelada? No. Yeah. No. First of all, yeah, I'm going to tell you why I hate Bloody Marys. It's a waste of vodka. Just drink the vodka, man. If I wanted to drink cold tomato soup, I'd just make some soup and wait. Right? I am not. I don't understand it. I don't understand how... Hey, can I get a big cup of heartburn to start my day off? I'm going to watch some football today. What kind of bullshit is that, man? If you even start the morning off, right? Have a fucking beer and a shine. Just ride that wave all the way down. Man. Yeah, have a I Chicago handshake. Understand. Yeah, have a yeah. Chicago handshake. Fucking right. Well, uh, yeah, but I'll, I'll skip the Malort. Let's skip the Malort. Right, right, right. The, the, the fuck. That, every, time I, every, every time I think I'm a Lord now, all I do is think about the socks because I can't figure out which one is worse. Oh. Um, but I, <laughs> watch your mouth, cabron. <laughs> I had but, that bitch on standby. That was good. That was I like it. But uh, but look, either way, I'm I, I'm it's a hard pass for me. I'm not doing it, man. Just give me the beer. Give me. You know what? I'm gonna skip all that shit. Just give me the Pacifico Tallboy and call it a day. Let me sip on my fucking beer. Maybe give me a little uh, uh, tequila on the rocks on the side. Let me sip that as I go. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't need all this extra shit. I, I just don't I don't understand it. Like a dash of this and a book, but like stop that shit, man. I, I don't need no tomato shit in my drinks. It's because you're a meat and potatoes guy. You're just a simple guy, man. I'm not a simple guy. I, <laughs> I, I eat a lot of like we we had Mediterranean food over over the weekend. That was our our uh, food last night. So I mean, we you know I'll eat the, the hummus uh, hummus hummus with the pizza. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the uh, uh, baba ganoush, shawarma, right? The shawarma, shawarma, yeah. With the chicken and the beef and the yeah. the yellow rice, yeah. and the, like you know that shit is delicious. You know yes. and the garlic sauce and all that. You know I, I'm down. I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, it, but that's also just food, right? Like I, I just don't understand putting all this extra shit in my drink. Stop trying to change the taste of what I'm drinking. If I need all that shit in it, it probably ain't that good to begin with. Yeah. It, it, again, apples, tomatoes, apples and oranges doesn't matter. It. it Everybody has their own uh, thing. Everybody has their own. You know what? What I do agree with you is the Bloody Mary. The Bloody Mary is way over the top where they put a wing, a burger, uh, some shrimp on it, like celery. It's it's got a whole buffet on it. And it's just, there's no way you, I don't want to drink my meal. I mean, I'll drink my my meals as far as drinking beer all day and not eating. But I'm talking about not putting all that shit on there on on my Bloody Mary. Just give me a Michelada. Let's keep it simple. You might as well just throw all that shit in a blender if you're going to do that. Ooh. Pretend Ooh. I had my mouth wired shut like Kanye West. <laughs> through the wire, a, baby. Through the wire. Yeah, you know what I mean? Through the wire. Give me that. Uh, otherwise, it's so hard, Pat. You can keep all that shit. Just give me give, give me the vodka. Give me a little bit of salsa and lime. That's nice, refreshing for a breakfast. You know, uh, that's that, that's refreshing for any time of day, if we're being honest. Oh, for sure. When's the last time you had a michelada? Uh, that would be 1970, long time ago. It's been a while. It's been a couple. Uh, no, I'll tell you what. The last time I had one was at the Leiden Bears cheerleading car wash about four years ago. Because you know, we're we're a bunch of degenerates in my neck of the woods. So whenever there's a children's event, we just drink. Like that's what it is. And someone was like, "Here, you want this?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Fuck it. 
And then and then it was funny because Kim looked at me like, "What are you drinking?" I was like, "I don't fucking know." Somebody gave it to me. <laughs> like, I, what, what what kind of what kind of sucker am I to turn down uh, a free you know a free drink? You know, right? I'm I'm like I'm like Sean. I'll try anything once or or thirty or forty times. It just depends. It, when it, it's it's one of those things that's when in Rome, but I will never go out of my way to seek it. So like I, you know, it, it's like uh, I, I I can tolerate it more than a Bloody Mary. But at the same time, I'm, there's no way in hell that I'm going up like, hey, where, where can I get one of these? Like, yeah. Know. Yeah. I'm not searching for it, but I was like, when in Rome, might as well have one. But, uh, you know, my my uh, my drinking hole output does make uh, one of the best micheladas. Just going to shut that It's up. one of those things like if you hand me one, I'll drink it, but I'll never order one for myself. Understood. Understood. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. I'm not having vodka. I'm, I'm a tequila guy. Yeah. Whiskey. All day. All day. All right, sir. I got a question for you. What's that? What you looking at? What have you been watching that isn't sports? Well, since I had a uh, week off, uh, I was interested. Uh, I had uh, a list of shows to watch. But what you I've... see about that, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> um, I have been uh, binging. I'm on season two already of Hands Made Tales. Oh, okay. Have you seen this? I've seen bits and pieces of the show. I get the general gist of it. It's super depressing, and I like things that are fun, so I kind of stay away from it. It is a wild, wild. It's a wild show. Hands. I think it's hand handmade tale. Hands maids. Possibly yes. Two hands. No. Good for you. Oh man. Uh. Yeah. It's. It's. It's wild because it takes place. Um, so apparently, there's like a terrorist attack, and uh, people are are unable to produce children. So they grab all these women who can produce children and keep them sequestered for the ultimately rich and so forth. Um, and you know, they pretty much just rape them once a month or whatever it is, and make them as maids to go get food and whatever. It, it's 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 pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's it's just the the poor serving the rich on a, on a general scale. I mean, overall, it, re, it reminded me a lot of the book The Giver by Lois Lowry of yes. anyone's back Great in the book. day, um, where you only have like a couple people in society that are are responsible for having all the baby all the babies in society, um, which is kind of making a really fucked up gene pool if you think about it. Yep. Um, but but overall, I mean, this is not. It, it's a very dystopian type of thing. Very depressing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, like I said, I, I saw a couple episodes, but there was, it's not, uh, I, I like things that I feel like are real, right? And that is almost too scary to, to, to make me think that it's going to be real. It's, so it yeah, it's very scary. scary because the government actually started issuing laws against the, you know, the uh, a same-sex marriage, um, just a bunch of BS that you just outlaw. Uh, legally controlling women's reproductive freedom, morally, politically. It's just, it's Here. so wrong. That, that sounds familiar. Oh, huh. oh, wait. That's 2023, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that, that's, you know, I, I know I've heard people compare it to um, all the restrictions we had during COVID. And, uh, you know, we didn't know what the hell was going on. So, you know, I, I can't really give these people that hard of a time because they're just trying to do their best to make sure, you know, like we didn't have mass casualties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, funny enough that this takes place in the year 2005. Oh, so this is very simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, another thing that it's fu- that's funny, I, I, that's pretty much what I've been watching, but another thing I just saw was an AI commercial by IBM. 
and like, hey, we can control your building and the lights and the heating and we can know the temperature. And this and I was like, wasn't there a movie about AI taking over the world like 30 yeah, years ago? The, it was called The Jetsons. Uh, no, Rosie no. the Robot would do everything in food like grass for you. That was awesome. <laughs> no, we're talking about a movie. Oh, a movie. Yeah, yeah. Skynet. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, let me tell you some uh, iRobot, all that shit. Uh, you know, this is all the the this is all the creepy shit they warned us about in the 1950s and the 90s. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was that that was supposed to be the dream in the 50s, right? Or, or another one. You know what another movie is? Is if, if that's really fucked up? Is a Disney movie? It's called Wall-E. You ever seen Wall-E? I've seen parts of it, not all of it. Oh, do, do yourself a favor and watch that one. You want to talk about a dystopian story for fucking children? Holy shit. I mean, like, literally, it's just these big fat blobs of people who uh, just lay on their, lay on their, their couch and, and like, you know, uh, uh, everything gets fed into them. And I'm like, this looks real familiar if you've ever been to a Walmart. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that, that, besides that, uh, is it uh, Ted Lasso and uh, Succession? Those are my, my shows of the week. Uh, I'm finishing Ted those La- up. I got, I got, I got a, Man, Ted Lasso is just sitting there, like missing me. Like he's like, man, where the fuck is Eddie at? Like I gotta get on it. I gotta get. The problem is, is that when I try to stream it off my TV, it doesn't. It the, the signal doesn't work right, so I have to work. I have to watch it off of the uh, uh, Xbox, and then and then it comes out brilliant. It comes out beautiful. Yeah, one show that I gave uh, was it the the, the singing the musical one on Apple. The Sheboygan Shigmadoon. Yeah, I watched the first episode. and was like, no, this isn't funny anymore. It it is funny when you keep watching it and see what actually happens between those two people, because they're just like, wait, what the fuck? It, yeah, they they think they're solid together, and then uh, Cecily Strong and uh, was it Keegan Michael Key? Yeah. So the second season, they're kind of in a Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah I saw that. I saw the the Schmigacago or some shit, like Chicago yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll finish it, but you know. I wasn't turned. Yeah. I wasn't uh, impressed by the first episode. What are you watching? What are you watching? You'll finish it eventually. Yeah. So, for those who know, we talked about this a little bit. My my wife is big on these uh, these cheesy horror movies. She always has been. Some of them, though, we talked about House of Wax. We talked about all that. Well, one of them and one movie that that was mentioned uh, in that group was Scream. So, Scream for some reason when they came up with Scream was it last year, year before when they kind of rebooted the franchise with new characters and stuff like that. That was actually called Scream. Well, for some reason, the sequel to that is called Scream 6. So, how are you going to go from Scream to Scream 6? I don't get it, but here is a little uh here's a little piece of what we watched last night. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's going to keep coming for us. I thought that was you laughing in the background. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this like? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. There's never been one like me, Gail. Yeah, so I'm used to look, you got your weather's back. Um, interesting. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. Um, I was interested enough in this movie that I took about a good hour long nap right between the start and the finish, right? So I was thoroughly, 
<laughs> engaged in this movie and funny enough before it started i was fully awake and after it ended i was fully awake again so i don't know whatever it is so it, ladies and gentlemen out there if you are tired this is the movie for you spoiler alert dewey dies well dewey dewey does a lot of things that's why it's called dewey uh yeah and hey, look, it, it was fine. My daughter and my wife really enjoyed it. Um, even funny enough, I'm watching that little clip of the trailer that I played for you guys. And uh, there were scenes in there that I completely didn't see at all. <laughs> 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 oh, so I, I, I will probably have to rewatch it. But, uh, you know, the experts who actually love this kind of thing, they they enjoyed it. I know there was like, you know, there's jump scares and they were like, oh, no. Oh, so they were definitely following around, uh, trying to figure out, you know, who the killer was and what the relationship was and, and all that stuff. Um, so definitely, if you're into that type of thing, I'm sure that you'll be into this type of thing. Um, the other thing that I was watching and I've been catching up with the last couple of seasons is Shameless. I, I never actually watched the, the last two seasons and I started back in season four, um, kind of going through everything. So right now we did you did you watch the entire uh, yeah. the entire thing? Yeah, I'm caught up. So where I am right now is, I believe, season 10, um, where Frank got tied up by the girl who's, whose husband's life she he destroyed. Right. And Liam is trying to figure out if he's black or not with his black family. And Mickey and uh, uh, Ian are trying to figure out if they're going to get married or not. And uh, Lip has a baby now uh, with the, uh, the garage shop guy's uh, sister-in-law. So... Um, yeah, it, it's definitely it's weird because Fiendo's not there, and it's kind of the point in the series where it, it, I almost feel like I'm watching actors versus real people at this point. If that makes sense, yeah. I, I've, I've one of the reasons I really like this show and a lot of the shows like that is because they felt like real people. Now it, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm watching them over and over again, and you're like, you guys should have known that by now. We're, we're at the point where. Um, uh, Debbie can't, you know, is 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 she a high price hooker or not? Who knows? You know, uh, <laughs> that's where that's where we're at right now. But I'm definitely uh, enjoying it. I'm definitely it's it's like a comfort food thing because it almost feels like real people and it feels like okay, let's see how they're doing today. Um, but yeah, that's 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 where I've been j- trying to catch up on. One of these days, I might go back and finish Boardwalk Empire. We'll never know. <laughs> That's like your Jimmy Kimmel stick. Like, oh yeah, we uh, uh, we had Matt Damon on, but we didn't have enough time. All right, uh, we'll see you guys this tomorrow. Is, this is my Lindsey Buckingham at the end of uh, what's up? What's up with that on SNL? And we got Lindsey Buckingham for the seventeenth time. Oh, Lindsey, sorry, we ran out of time once again. Well, hopefully you can go back next week. <laughs> so that's yeah, that that's my that's my version of them because I I don't know I don't even know why I stopped watching. I just forgot. Yeah, I probably can pick it up uh, next month and finish it before you finish it. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I, I still got to watch Ted Lasso, and I'm going to have so much softball. Uh, we got tournaments next weekend. We got games this week. Uh, I might have to reschedule games because I only got like four players for one. I got, you know, girls with their eighth grade graduation uh, coming up. I got, you know, on two different schools, three different schools, I think. I got girls that are going to Washington, D.C. for their D.C., you know, eighth grade trip. Uh, so this is going to be very interesting. And like I said, we got we got uh, uh, plans to go out of town for a family wedding at the end of uh, June. So we got to squeeze all this shit in. And, and interestingly enough, my wife had got me tickets to go see Colin Jost on June 24th, which is the same day that they scheduled the championship game. So if we're nice. on the right tra- trajectory that we, we were last year, uh, right now being 2-0 and up uh, 10-1 in the suspended game, 
uh we might be in that game again but number one we got to make it and number two uh god i'm fucking tired <laughs> well you can't be too tired because you gotta uh, close this out sir Ah, oh, yeah let's let's do that before i go to night night for the night all right y'all that's it for today thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed our bears draft recap a big thank you to our sponsors 606 media true chicago sports fans and grit clothing company don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official tcsf podcast t-shirts search for keyword true chicago and use our promo code truefan15 at checkout for 15 percent off of your entire order that is truefan15 Go and refresh your summer wardrobe right now. And don't forget to check out the rest of the 606 Media lineup. The new show in the 606 family is No Water on the Weekend with Stephen and Sean. It's a pop culture forward podcast that dabbles in funny trivia, film, television, music, and Chicago-centric news and happenings. New episodes are available on Mondays wherever you listen to your podcasts. And the Shine Native Radio Podcast is now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have music that you want to be heard by everyone around the world, around Chicago, it doesn't matter where you're from and uh, where you're going, but uh, if you got some good music you want people to hear, go ahead and submit it to the Shine Native uh, Entertainment page. And if they like it, they will play it. And if they don't like it, you played yourself. <laughs> Good one. don't forget to check out the new ep from mike logic and joy childs too much to text volume one now available on all streaming platforms and also ideals new ep uh, feliz iguapo is also out there as well so go ahead and check him out and uh, unfortunately we were going to try to have him on the show today but he was uh, he's actually in a recording session right now the homie ill brown he's a longtime contributor to the tcsf podcast uh he has a live show on uh, weekdays on facebook and i believe on youtube as well and if you listen closely you might just hear me yakking and telling him that uh my opinion is better than his uh, on whatever topic he's got going on that day uh sibling rivalry sports follow them on facebook and youtube and uh, definitely contribute to the show. Shout out to Ronesh, Panic, Series Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we played on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Moldman merch and gear. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at TrueChatFans on Twitter and on TikTok. Follow us on Facebook, IG, Spotify, and reach out to us with the email. We want to hear uh, what you think about the show. You're stirring the pod recommendations, uh, you, uh, <laughs> your movie recommendations, and uh, you know all that good stuff. You can also DM us on any of those platforms, or you can email us at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com. All right, y'all, for Big C, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next time for episode 142. Till next time, take care of yourself and each other. For love of sports. Swish. A few moments later. Wait, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. Oh, my goodness! Didn't see that coming! I'm deep! What? Did we just become best friends? Yep! You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. You think that's all? Oh.
I shouldn't have had those artichoke eat the poppers. 